In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WABA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WABA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WABA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, if you've been listening to us at all, over the last few months, you'll know we've been working over these past few months to help Afghan refugees who have found their way to the Washington, D.C. metro area. Today, we're going to hear from a special young lady who has worked together with her mother to provide clothing, baby items, household items, and more directly to those families. They've done everything from raising money to editing resumes. Man, I could use some help with that, by the way. Um, yeah, my boss didn't hear that. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Um, they're partnering with Bakita Kids and One Heart DC to continue serving this community with the love of Christ. And hey, you know what? We want to talk about it. Of course, here to get us started, to introduce our guest for the day is my, my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. My brother, it's good to see you, buddy. God bless you, man. It's good to be here again talking about the good news that is the gospel that is available for everyone. But we often talk about this idea that it's good news for the city. And Amen. certainly when we say the Amen. city, we mean Washington metro area. And what's unique about our show, Dennis, is we are the only show in the Washington metro area on any Christian radio that talks with local people, with local issues, where local people who hear about those local issues can get involved. And, and we find Amen. ourselves again talking about that. And Long-time listeners to our show have heard me say this before, but I think it bears repeating that many times Mm. after the tragedy, there is significant influx of help right at that moment, maybe for three weeks or four weeks, but then it begins to peel off. Much of us and many of us have been through a scenario where we've lost a loved one and and there was someone around uh, to help and to to guide for, for several weeks. But then after three or four weeks, things seem to go back to the way they were before. But that doesn't mean the person going through the crisis has gone back to the way they were before. Yes, and they yes. need help beyond that. And, and so one of the things, if you've been listening to the show, that we've been focusing now for months is how we, as a people who are called by God, can be helpful to those who find themselves in a refugee status here in the Washington metro area due to what happened in Afghanistan. And that's happened months ago, yet the need has not changed, even though it happened months ago. And so we want to be people that don't just talk about it in the first couple of weeks when everyone's talking about it. We also want to be people who are talking about it past those several weeks when the needs are still there and when the needs are still very, very real in the lives of people. And I know uh, that's the type of people that we have that we're talking to today who want to make a difference. Amen. So Amen. in studio, we have Simone Lonsane and her mother, Libby. Let me tell you a little bit about both of them. Simone was born in Bangkok, Thailand. She moved to the United States at four, and she began her life of service doing frequent donation drives for food, clothing, and toys to local homeless shelters, uh, some in Sacramento, California, Austin, Texas as well. Uh, she moved to Ankara, Turkey, and quickly transferred to sites under the refugee crisis there, where she started her own unofficial, so to speak, nonprofit, 
Uh, later, she was evacuated with her mother to the D.C. area. And so when news broke that the Taliban had overrun uh, the nation of Afghanistan, she promptly pleaded for help. And that was the beginning of this initiative, not the beginning of how God has designed her and made her to make a difference, but the beginning of how making a difference in this scenario when she started Cherubs for Change. And as you mentioned, she's partnered with other organizations that collect supplies up to the age of 13, which is amazing because our listeners only get to hear our voice. They don't get to see the people that are talking. Simone isn't much past the age of 13 herself. Now, she probably thinks she's much past the age of 13, but those of us who are past the age of 50 don't see her very much past <laughs> the age of 13. Anyway, mm. she works side by side, though, with her mother, Libby. Uh, Libby is the, uh, as Simone is the president and founder of Chairs for Change, uh, Libby comes alongside and helps her in serving the 33 Afghan families and counting that they're working with. Now, I, I can tell you a whole lot of things about Libby's background. Uh, she earned a Bachelor's of Science in Economics from George Mason University in Fairfax. She a Master of Liberal Arts from the University of St. Thomas in Houston in Texas. She's worked with a Syrian crisis. She's done all of these things. But the thing that I love most is that in her bio, she tells us this, of all the positions she's held, the one she cherishes the most is that of mother. And I think that is amazing testimony uh, to this Amen. family, but Amen. also to what God is doing through this family. So let's just kind of start. Um, Simone or Libby, kind of tell us the story. Uh, you know, you came here, Simone, when you were four. You still have a little bit of idea what it's like to, to move from one culture to another. And you had some support around you, but that's still probably a big challenge and a change for you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having us, first of all. Um, we're so happy to be able to share our story with you and that of the families who we are serving. Yeah. So I was born in Bangkok, Thailand. My parents worked for the United States government, which is why we were there. Um, we ended up living in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and then came to the States when I was around four years old. And yeah. that transition, although I was so young and I don't remember it that well, was still quite a hard transition because Thailand was all I ever knew. I could speak Thai fluently. Um, mm -hmm. I was totally immersed into the culture. I was the only American slash the only Caucasian girl at my Thai school. Um, but I love the culture. The people there are so hospitable. It was wonderful. So coming to the States was very different. And I think the one thing that I regret is that when we moved to Sacramento, California from Chiang Mai, Thailand, no one there spoke Thai. So I lost the ability to speak Thai fluently. Um, and I hope to pick that up soon. But we moved to Sacramento, California, and that's kind of where my work began. So yeah. I'm an only child. Um, and as an only child, I think for Christmases and birthdays and whatnot, I get a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And stuff is great, but stuff only takes you so far. Yeah. And I realized that a lot of the people in our community did not have what I had. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of my mother's friends would come by and encourage me to donate. And one of my theology teachers at my school, she's wonderful. She always told me that service is sacrificial. And so whenever you're giving of yourself, it should hurt a little bit. You know, yeah. it's so easy to say, oh, I'll give one cent away. Well, that one cent doesn't hurt, right? It's a lot harder to say, I'm going to give something that I really love to another person. And that's when you know that it's true love. True love is sacrificial. And so I, I think that. that, yeah, go ahead. You know, I just love that sentiment because you're focusing not on the amount, you're talking on sacrifice. Because for some people, uh, as we look in scripture, the widow's might was probably a cent, but that was an amazing sacrifice. And then there are people that have been blessed this side of eternity with amount of resources that we would look at and go, man, if you gave a million dollars, that that's an amazing sacrifice. But for them, that's one cent. So uh, the focus exactly. on sacrifice and trust in that, I, I, I love that. Now, I, I'm not surprised. I don't think any of our listeners here in the Washington metro area 
that connected you uh, maybe to somehow or another being connected uh, to the United States government, bouncing around a little bit. Uh, you go and serve well and it teaches you great service. You went to California, but then um, you went from California back to Turkey at some point. Uh, talk about, uh, and Libby, maybe it's you, maybe uh, Simone, that's you. Talk about then what it was like to make that transition and then get involved uh, in the significant refugee crisis that mm. was happening there at the time. Sure. So when we first um, heard the news that we were being relocated to Ankara, Turkey, we were living in Austin, Texas. And at this point, I had no idea Turkey was a country. I had never heard of it. I did not know that it existed. I was very mm. young at this point. I was nine years old. Um, and so when I heard the news, I was like, Turkey, like the animal? My dad was like, no, Turkey, the country. Um, and Turkey has such a, a rich, deep history. And so what I appreciate was that the months leading up to that move, I was actually able to learn a lot about that history and understand how it connects to us as Christians, because um, Turkey was once a very Christian nation. Um, and still today, there are wonderful Christians who live there. So when we moved, a lot of my friends and a lot of my parents' friends were very concerned that we were entering pretty much this active war zone in a sense, because the neighboring countries to Turkey um, mm -hmm. were going through perilous wars um, and many, 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 many people were being displaced. So immediately when we came to Turkey, I saw that firsthand. There were people who were flooding the streets right outside of the UNHCR, United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, for those of you who don't know. Um, and we saw people living in tents. We saw people living in practically what are plastic containers that had yes. no heat and no running water. So here I am this, you know, in a sense, this middle-class only child girl who is coming to this nation where all of my peers seem to be suffering. And I'm the one who has so many blessings and gifts in my life. And so I knew that I had to share those with others. So yeah. right when we came there, I was in fourth grade, um, like you said, I started my own unofficial nonprofit. And yeah. so I rallied all of my friends together. I make friends pretty easily because I'm pretty outgoing. And I said, hey, bring me anything that your parents will let you get rid of. Bring me clothes, bring me toys, bring me books. And I said, I want to sell them at our school. And so I talked with the principal in fourth grade and I said, hey, will you allow me to host the sale for the next two to three days? And he said, he said sure. So we sold these things and we actually raised enough money to purchase two wheelchairs for disabled refugees. So that was about, I think, 200 to 400 Turkish lira. Um, and at the time, Turkish lira was double the US dollar. So one US crazy. dollar would be like two Turkish lira. Yeah. Um, so Libby, I want to let you hop in here for a second. You know, I think our listeners are hearing Simone from a very young age being deeply involved and engaging. You know, as a parent, how did it make you feel? Not only when she was stepping into things that were making a difference, but also things that, that some people could think, wow, that's, that's pretty risky. And, you know, we're all for risk sometimes when it's someone else's kid. We're all for risk when it's someone else's risk. But when it comes into our life, it's a different story. How, how did you feel about all of this? Well, I remember being at the um, store in Austin, Texas, when I was getting my tires changed and I saw on the news that um, there was a bombing at the U.S. Embassy in Ankara and I thought, oh, we're going there. Mm. Um, so of course I was concerned, but um, I guess in some ways I've lived a rather risky life. Um, I, I was born in Honduras. We lived in El Salvador. I lived in Nicaragua. I came to the States when I was six. Um, you know, I have a background in law enforcement, so I've, I've lived a somewhat risky life, you, you could say, calculated risk. So I, I was okay with that. And I've thought of, you know, there's so many people in the world that have 
um, given of themselves and gone to places that are you know, much more dangerous than, than Turkey. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really concerned, but um, when we, where we lived in Ankara, we were just very close to the UNHCR. And when you drive by there, we could see there was a line of people waiting outside and we could not drive by them and not help them. Um, so that's how we got started. And some people thought that it was risky. Um, you know, Simone said she's an extrovert. She's actually an Uber extrovert. Her mother is an Uber extrovert. So we have no problem. We've never met a stranger. So walking up to a person in line who's a refugee who doesn't speak your language, we have no problem giving them the love of Jesus because yeah. we love them. They're, we know they're created in the image and likeness of God. And we have an obligation to love them, but we actually enjoy loving them too. Yeah. It's not just we have an obligation. Mm-hmm. We enjoy loving souls. Yeah. Um, so, and we, we knew that they were in need. And we knew that only by the grace of God do we have our U.S. passports. We could have been born in these countries. So only by the grace of God, we weren't standing in line at the UNHCR. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy to um, to love them. I didn't feel that it was really very risky, although a lot of people thought that it was. Yeah, you know, so we would never know just just meeting you for like the last fifteen minutes, guys. We would never know that you're extroverts. I mean, you you're <laughs> really quiet. Like, <laughs> well, I was going to, but it's that. fantastic, by the way. Oh, I was going to mention that, Dennis. So I have this joke <laughs> off air with Dennis that he's on what I like to call my all extrovert team. Him, my <laughs> wife. Um, if, if you two would like to sign up for the team, we are taking yeah. uh, submissions right now. Uh, I think you, they'll you be the quarterbacks, can, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I, I love that. Well, one of the I love things it that too. we know that God says in, in the book of Romans is that he takes all of our circumstances, whether they're good circumstances or bad circumstances, whether uh, they're based upon just our history or anything else, and he uses them. He purposefully designs them, and we have the opportunity then to step into the opportunities that he presents from those past. And so I want to fast forward now to now, you know, you, you were, you were in Turkey, you had some scenarios there, but all of these things you've already talked about have uniquely impressed upon you a burden and uniquely placed upon you an understanding of what it's like to be someone, number one, out of their original country, number two, to experience what it's like to see and understand some of the struggles and difficulties and complete hardships that people who find themselves uh, as refugees uh, deal with. And so now you hear about, uh, fast forward to, you know, not long ago here in the States, and you hear about the situation in Afghanistan, you hear about the refugees making their way here to the Washington metro area. What did you do? Right. So the first thing that I thought of was I understand to a certain degree what they're going through. Um, Like you mentioned, my mother and I were evacuated from Ankara, Turkey after the attempted coup in the summer of 2016. And we packed up two suitcases and came to the States. We hotel hopped around and we stayed in a very generous friend's basement for the remainder of that year. Um, And that was really difficult because my father was still in Turkey and we were more nervous then than we were initially coming to Turkey. I mean, just just the knowledge that he wasn't with us and that we weren't with him and he's he's our family's protector. Um, And so just knowing that we were separated was really taxing and it it took a toll on me. So when I heard that these families, you know, were being separated and that daughters and sons were separated from their parents, I could automatically put myself in their shoes and say, I know what that feels like. And I know how hard it is, but I also know what brought me through that time. 
And the number one thing that brought me through was friendship and having meaningful conversations. And so what I wanted to do was be a friend to these Afghan refugees and not just serve them with the materials that they need, but also spiritually. And all of our Afghan refugees, by and large, are religious Muslims, and we are obviously Christians, but that doesn't create some disparity between the two. I think by and large, what I've realized is that our ethics, our morality, our values are the same, and we believe in the same creator. So what I wanted to do was take our beliefs and implement them in a way that would help these people to assimilate, but also keep their culture um, when they came to the United States. And so the result of that, obviously, is the Cherubs for Change that we've talked about. And for our listeners who want to know more, you can go to cherubsforchange.org. That's cherubsforchange.org. Or if you just want to, uh, to talk to someone via email, you can email them at cherubsforchange at gmail.com. And so, um, you know, Cherubs for Change was birthed out of this passion. You've talked a little bit about what you have done and what you are doing. How's that effort grown, so to speak, over the last several months as you've continued to step into the opportunity that God has provided for you? So we started with four families. I have a very dear friend who has worked um, in resettlement and she um, introduced us to four families. And um, we thought, okay, we can do this. We can love these people. We can ask for donations from friends. We can um, collect items. We can help them with their resumes. We can connect them with jobs. Because we're so social, um, we do have a lot of friends and we Mm -hmm. have a lot of connections. You know, I know that God uses all people. He uses introverts in amazing ways that he could never use me. He uses extroverts in amazing ways. So we we complement each other. But one of the great things about extroverts is we usually have a lot of friends and a lot of connections so we can help people get jobs. So that's what we're trying to do. So we we went to this family and we said, do you have any um, neighbors who who are Afghans who have recently arrived? And he said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. He was on the first floor. I'm sorry, he was on the third floor of the building. He walked us to the second floor, introduced us to a family with seven children, a family of nine. And then he introduced us to a family on the first floor, a family of three with one child. So that's how we met more and more families. Um, One of the things that has been so striking is that it's not just the Afghan families that have arrived recently. It's the families that they're staying with because many of them have family in the area. Not everyone does, but the families that they're staying with, they're, they're grateful that their families got out of Afghanistan, but it is quite a big, um, I don't want to say burden. It's a big change. For example, we have this lovely family that's been here for a while. It's a family of five and now they're a family of 13. So pastor, just think you are, you have a budget, you have a household budget for five people. And all of a sudden, your household budget has to bump up to 13 people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a mom, it's really hard to have two moms or two women or three re- women in a house. There's got to be one woman. And she's <laughs> woman, <so> she's <laughs> it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I was just talking to someone the other day who had an opportunity for another family to come in. And they were talking about this, you know, the, the two moms and also just the two ways of parenting different. You've got two mm-hmm. sets of kids in the house. Well, one goes to bed at this time. Well, our kids don't go to bed, you know, until this time. Right. And, and, that's on top of the financial strain that there's yes. so many things there. And so, you know, stepping in in those ways, I, I love that. And, and so Dennis mentioned that you're not just though, just doing this by yourselves, you're partnering with other organizations. Talk about Makita Kids real quickly, if you could. Great. So I have a friend um, in the area. Um, her name is Barbara Forio. And 
She's an amazing gal. She has a full-time job, yet she has a 501c3 charitable organization called Bakita Kids, bakitakids.com. And what she does, which is absolutely amazing, is that she has some donors who are generous souls who give money to her 501c3, bakitakids.com, and she purchases items online and mails them to the Afghan's home. Number one, it's new. It's not used. Yeah. It's not secondhand. It's new. And for their dignity, it's so nice to receive something new and not secondhand. Um, and also some cultures have issues with secondhand things. Maybe they have some superstitions. Maybe they are afraid of bed bugs. Now, there's not one size fits all for every culture. So it's not like every Afghan person doesn't like secondhand things but some do and some don't and that's why we have to love them as individuals and see what how what they think about mm -hmm. these issues before we give them things um so anyways what she does is she buys things online and she mails them to her their house which is so nice too because although these people love these afghan families they, they love to have visitors they love to they're so gracious they love to entertain um sometimes it's nice just to have a little privacy and have something mailed yeah. to your home yeah. So that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful. thing. And, and actually you can get a tax deduction too because it's yeah. a 501c3. So she uh, specifically helps uh, anybody ages zero in the womb to mm -hmm. age 13. So yeah. if you donate on our website to bakitakids.com, you can get a tax donation, but you have to know that it's only being spent on ages zero to 13. Yeah. And so if you go to cherubsforchange.org, you can find out more about Paquita Kids. You can find more about what's happening there through Cherubs of Change. You know, we got about two minutes here before we close out. I just want to quickly talk about from what you're experiencing right now, uh, currently, what are some of the greatest needs that you're seeing in the lives of the families that you're working with? Definitely cars. Uh, well, you know, these, these guys are really, I'm so impressed with how industrious they are in getting their learner's permit and getting their um, driver's licenses, but they need cars to get to work, mm -hmm. especially if they don't live where there's good uh, transportation, public transportation. Um, there are single folks who really need to have somebody open their home to them because the single folks do not receive enough money from social services to pay for rent in the DMV. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to my age demographic, I know that we can't always donate our money, but we can donate our time. And so for anyone who is in middle school or high school, we need tutors and we need friends. So if you are willing to tutor via Zoom, we will take you in because these children coming from Afghanistan do not speak the language and they're just mm -hmm. learning the alphabet, right? At age 13, they're learning the alphabet. And so we need people who are willing to be patient with them and take the time out of their days to engage with them. And I love that, what you uh, just talked about. Are you willing to tutor? I think a lot of times we'll think, of the, well, I have to have all of these skills. Listen, if you're speaking the English language, that is a skill that you can transfer. Yes. And if you've been gifted with uh, the spirit of extrovertness, how even great, you get a chance <laughs> to talk with people uh, right, and do right. that. Uh, and thank you how great it's been our opportunity uh, to talk to you, Libby, and talk to you, Simone, about Charity for Change and what God's doing. I wish we had so much more time. But as we often say, Dennis, is at this point of the fastest 24 minutes of our life and we sit down and talk to people, sometimes it feels that way for them too. I know it always feels that way for us, but I'm Absolutely. certainly excited about what God is doing through this organization. Definitely go there, find out more about it. Uh, and Dennis, again, the good news of the gospel being displayed through God's people right here in the Washington metro area. Yeah, exactly. Ladies, thank you so much. 
it's it's nice to be um, on with other extroverts. You know, I have to pull Brian out so much, man. So it's nice to be on with you, ladies. Thank you so much, folks. If you look, you need to hear this one again. This is exciting stuff. This is good stuff on behalf of the gospel, on behalf of the kingdom. Go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Also, you heard this a couple of times. I want to give it to you again. Cherubsforchange.org. That's cherubsforchange.org. And if you want to contact Libby or Simone, um, cherubsforchange at gmail.com. That's cherubsforchange at gmail.com. Again, if you really need it um, and you can't get any more of this, although I know that you can, you can always give me a call at the radio station, 703-807-2266. Hey, guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us again. We'll talk to you next week. See you again next week, folks. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.